Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Well, I'm going to speak about stuff that you probably won't hear generally for Christmas. Um, one, one, of the, one of the problems of being a preacher is, um, it's not a problem, but just go with me on this. You have to use the Bible, okay? The problem with having to use the Bible is this, is when you read the Bible, um, it is a mistake to read the Bible in bits and pieces and jibs and jabs and, uh, you know, pull out the positive stuff that you like and just forget about the rest. Um, When we do that and when we... Um, live our lives that way, what, possi- what, what tends to happen is that we tend to just look to God for His provision, but we actually forget what the mission is. And we forget the whole reason for um, Jesus coming and um, what Jesus actually has called us as His church to do. Um, and when it comes to Christmas... We exchange gifts, which is amazing. Um, who likes receiving gifts? Okay. Okay, we've got a few liars here. Who likes giving gifts? Yeah. Okay, I mean, it's fun, right? Christmas is the best. I, I have recorded every Christmas, like on a, on a video camera of our kids as they're growing up. We're going to be able to document them getting a bit bigger every year as, as they grow up because I just love the whole exchange of gifts. And I love the generosity of Christmas. Um, yes, it has become and is becoming, I don't know how it is here so much, it, but it's not as bad as the West yet, but it's getting there where it's just another opportunity for the shops to make a lot of money so they advertise and it comes very consumerism and all of that sort of stuff and the whole message of Christmas gets, gets a bit lost. And, and I, I guess what I want to do this morning is just talk about the actual message of Christmas I mean, I can't do it in one sermon, but I do want to talk about why Jesus came and what the implications are for us. Why Jesus came and what the implications are for us. You know, in Genesis chapter 18, um, there's a scripture about a guy called Abraham. There's lots of scriptures about this guy called Abraham. Abraham was pretty much the one of the first guys whom, whom God actually came to and just spoke and gave a promise to. Um, we, we, have, we have Adam and Eve, we have the fall, and then we have Cain and Abel, and then we have some other things that happen. And then we have Abraham, and this is the first time we see God coming and giving a promise. Okay? Now, let me, to give you an idea, for those of you who don't already know this, if you already know this, you can... You can um, you can be proud of yourself and say, I already know this, okay? It's okay. I don't mind you doing that. But Abraham, this, the Bible is set up in such a way that it's lots of different books made up into one book, okay? So when uh, someone says something like, and the Bible says, okay, they're referring to one book, but it's actually not one book. It's a lot of books. Some of them are older than others, okay? So like, the records of Jesus, okay, the Gospels, that's what we call the Gospels, 
Who knows how old they are? We've got some hands. Last year, right? Yeah. 2,000 years old, okay? They're 2,000 years old. Books like Genesis are so old that they don't actually really know when they were made. They're that old. They, no, one, no, no one can actually tell you categorically it was made here. All they know is it, this, these books have been around for a long time and because of the message of books like Genesis, specifically Genesis, where they go and when the, the people who put together the Bible, which was put together over a really, really long time, when they're looking at books like Genesis, they're going, oh my goodness, we can see the message of Christ, which was thousands of years later, still in the book of Genesis. And that's why they put the book of Genesis in, right? As a compilation of the books, of this message, this narrative of God working in and amongst humanity, this living God, not just a, not just a story about God, not just a kind of like a, a, a legend, not just sort of like a myth with, with some characters that may or may not be fictional, we're really not sure, but an actual narrative ties up into the gospel, into where Jesus came and it all makes sense. 66 different books, a ton of different authors and it all ties up. Here we have Abraham, and God came and said to, about Abraham, he, said, he made a promise to Abraham. In verse, in verse 18, verse 18, it says, Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. All nations will be blessed through who? Okay, now... Guess who is Jesus's great, 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 great grandfather? I don't know how many greats there are. Take a guess. I'm talking about him. You guys are smart. So here we have this promise given to Abraham that all nations will be blessed through him. Now, when we look at the story of Abraham and his life, which you can do in the ensuing chapters in Genesis, you'll realize that Abraham didn't really have much influence over all nations. He had a bit, but this promise wasn't fulfilled in his lifetime. It was, it was fulfilled in his lineage, but it wasn't fulfilled in his lifetime. Okay? The fulfillment of Abraham's, Abraham, and there's other parts where it talks about this, where it talks about Abraham's seed will be a blessing to all nations. The seed of Abraham was Christ, and the fulfillment of this promise was Christ. Okay? So Christ, before he ascended, and sent the Holy Spirit, he said some really interested, interesting things about all nations. Let me show you. Luke 24. You're probably wondering where I'm going with this. Don't worry. It'll make sense. Luke 24, 44, 45 to 49. 
24, Ryan, not 22. 24, 8, sorry, 45 to 49. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in His name to all. There we see all nations. You won't see this anywhere else. You saw the promise in Genesis, which would would have been thousands of years before this. Then you have Jesus Himself saying, and sending His His disciples out, saying, you will be the ones who go and preach Jesus' name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are the witnesses, you are witnesses of, of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Okay, he's talking about staying in Jerusalem until what? The Holy Spirit comes, which is what we call in our faith, Day of Pentecost. The Day of Pentecost was the day the church began, as we know it. That was the first day, okay? That was where Jesus became the center of the church through His Spirit, through filling every person with His Spirit, okay? Now, there's a gift here that Jesus is talking about. And the gift of Christmas is not really a present in terms of one person giving a gift to another. But I think we should get a hold of the whole idea of being given a gift and remember something when we are giving a gift to one another. I'm going to tell you what the gift is and you're going to know what the gift is, but it's in verse 47... Well, I'll start from verse 46. He says, um, He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance. Everybody say repentance. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in His name to all nations. You know what the gift is? You know what the gift is of Christmas? It's the fact that you can come to God a sinner separate from Him, not able to approach God and be forgiven when your heart is repentant. That's the gift of Christmas. Without Jesus coming, without Jesus coming and doing what He did, Christmas would be really different. If Jesus had just come, appeared and gave us some great moral teachings like the Sermon on the Mount. Who's heard the Sermon on the Mount? You know, blessed are those who, you know, the meek, blessed are the, you know, the blesseds, 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 all of the blesseds. We would have gone, that's a great sermon, that's a great speech, but really actually it would have no real bearing on us because we can't live up to all of the standards which God has for us. And who knows there are a lot? Who knows that there are a lot?
what Jesus came and did on the cross was what made it possible for us to have a relationship with him and that is the gift of Christmas. That is the gift. Repentance. This series that we're just talking about is called Crowned. The reason we're talking about it as being crowned is I want you to think about what is the crown on Jesus' head? What is the crown on Jesus' head? You know, when, when you look at a king, the reason you can tell he's a king normally is because of what? He's got a crown on his head. You're like, oh, there's the king, right? You have to understand something about the crown of Jesus. Did you know that you and I, the forgiven ones, the ones who have been made whole, the ones who have come with our sin, with our brokenness to the Lord and asked for, repent, asked for forgiveness and the admission that we are sinners and that we are separate from Him and because of what He has done on the cross, you know what is His crowning glory? Take a guess. It's you and I. It's His church. What crowns Jesus? His glory is actually in us. And when you think about a crown, what's encrusted in crowns? Jewels. You know, I, I, I can't really go too far on this theologically, but this is, my, this is just to help you understand who you are in the kingdom of God when you come to Him and get saved and get delivered from your sin and get, get, get changed and transformed is you, you become one of those jewels in the crown. There's different jewels. There's amethyst and there's rubies and there's uh, topaz and there's lapis lazuli and I don't know whatever else those jewels are called, those precious stones and diamonds. You become... You become the very thing that portrays the wealth of heaven. You become that. How so? Well, that which was destined for destruction, that which was worthless in terms of eternity, that which was no matter what and how much we try, we can never be God. We can never be God-like. Without His help, we're never going to be God, but we can never be God-like without Him. We can try and try and try and try, but there will always be faults. The wealth of heaven is portrayed in the glory of Christ, and the glory of Christ is you, forgiven, set free, made whole, and you become a gift. You become a jewel in God's crown. But there's a problem with all of this that the church sometimes forgets. And the church forgets this. And I'll be honest with you. I don't want to sound self-righteous when I say this. Because I'm not. But I do look at the church sometimes as a pastor. And um, 
And I wonder, why isn't the church as powerful as it should be? You know, I wonder, I'm like, why, why, why are we not doing as much as we could be? Why are we not changing the world? I mean, we are kind of, but really, I think it's yet to be seen. Does anyone agree with me? But then if you look at a lot of what's been preached about, see, I'm going to put it this way. If I was to preach this sermon in a lot of churches, if I became some famous pastor, and I preached this sermon in a lot of churches, I wouldn't be invited back because it's not a feel-good message. We love, I mean, who felt good just now when you're like, oh, I am a crown, I'm, I'm a jewel in God's crown. Okay? Now, I could stop there and leave it at that and say, you know, you are a jewel in God's crown. He loves you so much and He wants to use you and He wants, to, he wants you to be, you know, uh, prosperous in all that you do. He wants you to have success. He wants you... And I, you know what? I can, use, I can even use the Bible for that. But we would be missing something. And this is what we would be missing. The provision that God gives is within the mission. The provision that God gives is within the mission. What are you talking about, Ryan? You see, when he gave, when he said to these disciples, you know, you're going to be blessed, you're going to be the blessing to all nations, he was sending them. See, he's saying in verse 49, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. We want the power, but we don't want the mission. See, see, you have to understand, you and I, as the crowning jewels of the Heavenly Father, of God Himself, or of Jesus, sorry, excuse me, not the Heavenly Father, but Jesus Himself, there is something that we are meant to be communicating. And the problem comes when the church takes the blessing but doesn't communicate the glory. We've been given a gift but we keep it to ourselves. Right? Let me, let me read another one where, where Jesus, where another record, Matthew 28, Matthew 28, Verse 18 to 20. I'm like, God, why do I have to preach this on the, like, the few days before Christmas? I'm just going with this. I'm, feeling, I'm just doing what I feel the Holy Spirit is leading us to, to, to talk about in, from the Bible. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. Listen to this. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority. Who wants authority? Now, I'm not just talking about, like, you know, a little bit. I'm talking about spiritual authority. Anybody want that authority? Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, what's it say there? Therefore, and we don't like the go part. We like the stay part. Therefore, stay and be blessed in your position where you are right now. That's not how the kingdom of God works. He said, therefore... Go!
and make disciples of all nations. There you have it again. Make disciples of all nations. Did you know that the church, that you and I are meant to be the fulfillment of a promise that was given to Abraham thousands upon thousands and upon thousands of years ago? Did you know that? That there is power on high that is ready to be given to anyone who is willing to put themselves in a position where they say to God, I will go. I will go. But often, what tends to happen within the church is we say this, and it's an old scripture, I'm going I'm to misrepresent it as a joke. But we say, here I am, God, send them. I don't want to sell up my property. I don't want to give up my life. I don't want to mess with my chances of getting a spouse. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I'm not making anyone feel guilty here, okay? But we come to God with all the conditions, all the things. And we say, God, I need your provision. (laughs) And God's not saying... I'm going to give you everything you want. There is a promise, but that promise only comes to pass when we start to understand that the promise and the provision is for the mission. It's for the mission. The provision is for the mission. In other words, we have to come to God ready for Him to put His hand on anything in our lives and say, give it up, give it away. Give, 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 give. But we often come to God with the, I need, 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 I need. Now, I'm not saying this to make anyone feel guilty. Because even I'm guilty of this, where I come to God more with my needs rather than, God, what is it that you are saying? What is it that you are leading me into? Where are you taking me? What is this journey that you've got me on? God, I surrender to you. I'm, I'm as guilty as. For, for me, um, you know, I'll, I'll just be really honest with you. You know, Rachel and I, we live... In, to get this church off the ground, to get it started. And I'm not telling anyone this to make, you, make us look like we're anything. We're not anything. We're just, I don't know, we're just trying to be obedient. But, you know, one of the, one of the areas that I, I've, I've really struggled with is the area of, okay, God, how are we going to pay for all of this? <laughs> right? How are we going to do this? How are we going to pay rent? How are we going to do education? How are we going to pay for this room? How are we going to do it? I've, it's been one of my areas. And one of my things that I tend to do is I actually get into this mode where I look at everything I don't have and I start to get down about it all. I'm just being honest. 
And then I start to look at oh, I say, God, you know, this is not happening and that's not happening and this is not happening and that's not happening. I get off track. And I come to God and it's all about my needs and I'm just talking. It's a one-way, one-way conversation. One-way, blah, blah, blah. God and God and God. Now, there's nothing wrong so much with me doing that. But I so easily forget that the provision is for the mission. All I need to do is to continue to hear from God about what the mission is and He will provide. I have to preach that to myself. Maybe some of you need to preach that to yourselves as well. I mean, the crazy thing is, since we've done all of this, and it's, it's, it, moving here was the craziest financial decision of my life, but since doing it, we've never had a night where there isn't food on our table, where every need of ours isn't provided for, where, like, we've had trips abroad and all sorts of things that are paid for. So, so much blessing, it's just unbelievable. And yet I still, I still get into this place where I'm like, oh, Lord, I know I've got needs, 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 needs. No, the needs will be met. Just stay on mission. What is your mission? Well, it starts with a contrite heart which is ready to stand before God and have God tell you, listen, go. Now, I'm not saying we're going to go and start churches all over the world from this meeting today. <laughs> go means be ready. Go means be ready. A lot of what's talked about in church is the blessing, 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 the blessing. Who knows what I'm talking about? I mean, you, you switch on TV, it's your blessing, blessing, you'll be blessed, blessed, blessed. Just give to my ministry right now, call this number right now and you'll be... Blessing, blessing, blessing. And we, always, and, and we get into this position where we're like, why am I not blessed? I'm just talking to the believers here. If you're in a position where you're like, I don't know where the provision, I don't know what's going on, begin to ask God, God, what is the mission that you have for me? What is the calling that you have for me? Where, are you, where am I meant to be going? Uh, why have you put me on this earth? What is my purpose? And you'll find that God will begin to speak to you in crazy ways about crazy things and you'll get scared but the provision is in the mission. And that may be to your family, that may be to in your, in your context, that may be in your, in your corporate life that you live out, but, but when we begin to realize that we are on mission and that's where the provision is, then we begin to see the miraculous power of God. Then we begin to realize who we actually are. We are the crown. We are the gifts of God to this world. We are the gift. And we become a blessing as a church to all nations. But what tends to happen in churches is we become another consumerism kind of organization where everything is set up to entertain, everything is set up to kind of make everyone feel happy and complete and okay and nice about themselves and it's just a machine. And it may be another organization that's just a religious, and it becomes a pointless exercise. I don't want that. I don't want C3 Mumbai to be that. I want C3 to be Mumbai to be a church that is the crowning glory of Jesus Christ. And that crowning glory is the message of the gospel which we speak, which we represent. Now, how do we do that? 
How do we do that? Matthew 10, let's just quickly read this. I mean, we see Jesus do this early on in his, in his time with his disciples, okay? I mean, check this out. Matthew 10, verse 1 to 15, says, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority, there's that authority word again, to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and illness. Anybody want that? Did you know you can receive that? Did you know it's not just, I mean, we've had some great ministries come through recently and uh, we've had healings, we've had deliverance, we've had stuff going on. Did you know that we are all meant to be doing that? There is an authority that's there for you spiritually. They were able to heal every disease and every illness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon. Then we'll skip down all the names. We'll go to verse 5. These 12, Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. This was just that specific mission at that point. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. In other words, the Jews. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal those who are ill. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely. Freely you have received, freely. That's why I love what we did yesterday. Down at that, and we're going to do more in that, in that hospital. We've been freely given. We can freely give to those guys who haven't got much. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. So he's sending them out and he's telling them to go with no money. Isn't that crazy? No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. As you enter their, the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone else, if anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake off the dust of your feet. Truly, I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. I'm not going to go fully into the explanation of that scripture. But I'll say this, Jesus was trying to teach them something. What was he trying to teach them in this crazy way? He was trying to teach them that the provision is in the mission. And we come to church, could you imagine Jesus standing before us right now and saying this to you all? He's like, okay, guys, we're going to do an exercise today. Next two weeks, fan out across India, don't take, don't take money, don't take any backup plan, just go. Look for people who accept Jesus and they'll look after your needs. Work on their behalf, serve them and you'll find that you'll be okay. Would you do it? Oh no, that's not the positive, that's not what you see on the YouTube about Jesus and you know, on, on, on all of these channels. That's not what you see preached about. You don't see this. But this is actually what we're meant to be doing. Why? Because you're the gift. You're the blessing to all nations. You. 
But like everything in Jesus and the Bible and the Word of God is, well, it's like there's this step that you've got to take where you're like, you can see the gaps. You're like, hold on, I don't even know how that's going to work out, God. And he's like, yes, exactly. But you know why? Because you're not God and I am. And you're going to see me become God to you as you let go of all of your controls, let go of everything that you think you have in, in, in order and just go for it. Then you'll see the provision. Then you'll see it. Then you'll see who you actually are. Then you'll see what your gifting is. Then you'll see what your purpose is. Then you'll begin to see how God actually wants to work through His church, the crown and glory, the gift the gift. Who's feeling comfortable about this sermon? Who's feeling uncomfortable about this sermon? Me too. I'm uncomfortable with preaching it. Can I, can I tell you that? I don't, I don't like preaching this. Because I know it, it's, it's actually about shifting something in us as believers. You're going to mess it with your mind. It's going to cause you, when you're thinking about your future, when you're thinking about 2019, to go, okay, hold up a sec. I've got some plans, okay? I've got some stuff. And it's all good to have all of these plans. It's all good to have all of this stuff in order. But is it surrendered? Like, honestly, if God was to come and say to you, listen up, I want you to go to Mexico tomorrow, would you go? Not Mexico for the beach. <laughs> the Coronas. I'm not talking about that Mexico. I'm talking about the Mexico where people are escaping from, trying to get into the US border. I'm talking about that part of Mexico. If God was to call you to the most craziest thing, if God was to call you to give up something, and it, there will be something somewhere where maybe you don't have the capacity yet to go and do something as crazy as like shift countries, but there will be something that God is calling you to which will require a sacrifice that will cost you something. And the problem comes is when we don't think of God and church in terms of costing us something. If you think this doesn't cost you something, be aware the gospel costs you your life. It costs you your life. It costs you everything. It's not free. But you will find that the creator of the universe, God himself, will begin to work through you in ways you never imagined when you trust him with your life. The gospel is all in. That's why we do baptism. We don't do baptism because we want to convert people. And that's the thing that makes people a convert. That is not why we do baptism. You know what baptism represents? All in, baby. All in. You're submersed. You're under the water. You've given up everything. You've given up your life. It is His now. It is in that position that you begin to see the provision. 
And you, you, you actually step into a promise that was given thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. And it's for you today. It's for you right now. Where does it start? Well, let's look at Matthew. I'm going to finish on this. Matthew 20, um, verse 26 to 28. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And Jesus had to come and do this. If he didn't, we would still be in sin. We would still be locked in. Unable to break through. To connect back to Christ. To connect back to God the Father and have a relationship. If Jesus didn't do this, he came to serve you. He came to serve you. You know, the sad thing that happens with us as we get older, as we become more influential, as we have done more things, as the accolades have come to us more and more, more and more people serve us. And we get fooled into thinking that what actually makes you successful and Great is the amount of people that are serving you. But Jesus came from heaven and served us. And His greatness and His biggest accomplishment was that through servanthood, He conquered death. And you've got to understand something. The provision of God will come as we begin to serve Him and serve one another. Because then we become the gift. We become the fulfillment of blessing to all nations. Wherever we are, wherever we're represented, we're not here as a political force to try and tell everybody what to do, to, to, to claim a stake in the ground and say, no, this is our territory. No, 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 that's not what we're here to do. We are here to serve. That's it. The church our master, our king, our shining light, the one that we look to, the one that we are to follow in, is first in our own death of our own self and our own desires and just serving him, serving one another. And you find that as you do that, you find that there is provision in the craziest ways for the mission that God has had since the beginning of the world. Matthew chapter 16. I'll finish on this last one. I said that on the last scripture. Matthew chapter 16, 24 to 28. Jesus says to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And some might say, oh, that sounds a bit like Buddhism. It's not Buddhism. It's completely different to deny oneself. Because to deny oneself in Buddhism is to say, I am going to just deny myself of everything. Okay? All of my desires. It's not what he's saying. And the purpose is different. 
In Buddhism, one would deny themselves for nirvana, for some sort of eternal fulfillment for themselves. It's a, it's a, it's a closed loop. It's just you and the universe. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross. In other words, take up their struggle, take up their pain, pick it up, start walking, and follow Jesus instead of following themselves. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels and He will reward each person according to what they have done. According to what they have done. According, you know what you have done will be determined by what you believe about God. You know what you do with this walk that we have to become the crown and glory of Jesus will be determined by what you believe. Just look at what you're doing. It's okay. Just look at how you live your life. Look at your priorities. Look at where you spend your money. Look at where you, where, look at where, where you spend your, the most of your time. Look at, and you will begin to ask and, and ask God and say, God, am I living in such a way that is really, really, really actually your crown and glory? Am I really crowning you? Or am I crowning myself? It's a sober moment to come to this place, but it's necessary for every believer. Everyone who professes faith in Jesus. This moment where we go, I am all in. My life and my purpose is only in Him. And where He calls me, I will go. And whom He calls me to serve, I will serve. That's why we do this. This is why we serve one another in this. If you're not serving yet and you're a member of this church, get on a team. It's the, it's the place to start and begin to serve. Now, I know for some of you, your lives are crazy and you're like, I'm traveling here. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not trying to make people feel bad. Okay? But the reason why we serve one another in this place is because we are trying to represent the crowning glory of Jesus in one place once a, once a week to one another where we begin to represent that to the world. It's something that we do for one another, for one another, and we find ourselves becoming valuable, becoming a crown jewel in God's kingdom where He can begin to actually proclaim His glory through you into other people. And you begin to find that they're miraculous and you will lay hands on people and they will get healed. You will speak into people's lives in, in prophetic words and they will hear the word of God in their lives and be changed forever. You'll begin to speak into situations. People will recognize you on the street and say, listen, there is something different about you. You will walk into moments and, and, uh, and even in, you know, there are people here whose businesses, you know, you will begin to see prosperity in your business as you begin to realize that the reason why you are blessed is to be a blessing. And to provide for those who have needs. You know that? Uh, let's just speak in that we, 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 we live in a city 
This, I mean, this is, this, this is the business city of the world. I mean, in, in Bombay, for India, this is it. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen here. Let me tell you something. When you surrender your business and your career to Him, and say, you know what? This business, this career, is to bring glory to God so that I can be a crowning jewel in His head, everything changes. And you will see, let me tell you, you will see provision that you never imagined. I can guarantee it. I can guarantee it. When you begin to live it, you'll be like, and all of a sudden there'll be purpose in your pain. <laughs> because who knows it's painful to, to have a good career? Who knows it's painful to have a great business? It's not easy. Everyone looks at the glamour thing in Forbes magazine. It ain't glamorous, baby. It's horrible. Prefer to be watching Netflix. It's hard work. But when there's a purpose, when you begin to realize you are the crowning glory, that you are making a difference, that what you are doing is, is, is actually, it actually matters. It's a promise that has been fulfilled. That is actually a promise that has been spoken out through the generations and is coming to its fulfillment in the end of time. When Jesus comes back on a cloud again and he says, well done, good and faithful servant, because you have served. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have represented me. You've been the crown on my head. You've been the glory of God to a lost and hopeless world that needs Jesus. Who knows the world isn't getting better. It's not. This is the hope of the world, the glory of God, the forgiveness of sin. This is it. Amen. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.